What's happening, folks? Welcome back to the 182 News Podcast. This is your host, Poppin' Curbs, and we've got a rad one today. I love chatting with people. I love chatting with artists, and I love mixing in some Blink-182. And on this episode, we are joined by the artist simply known as Thumbs. And yes, that is the same name as one of Mark's bass guitars, named after the man who created it, who is getting ready to join us on this podcast. I really hope you enjoy this one. We talk about how he became an artist. We talk about how he was approached to create this bass and some of the creation process throughout. Really hope you dig it. I will be putting up the video interview up on the YouTube page. So if you want to watch us, join me over there. But for the audio interview, I'm going to plug it in here on the podcast. So sit back, enjoy this one. This is special guest, Thumbs. All right, folks, now joining us on the 182 News podcast, very special guest here. I am joined by the artist simply known as Thumbs. Thumbs, how's it going? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Really uh, excited to be here, man. No problem. Stoked to have you on. So Thumbs made an incredibly rad bass for Mark Hoppus. And we saw it during the last tour last summer. I think it I think it joined the tour about midway through. We'll get to the base, but before we get there, I, I want to get a better understanding of really how you became an artist in general. Is this something that started at an early age? Is it something that you were always doodling on your notepads or sketching on your desk? Like, how did it work out for you to go down this career path? Um, I mean, for me, yeah, I was always drawing. I've got real, uh, like, clear sort of memories of, you know, having, like, a little sketch pad at school, <clears throat> you know, always drawing, always copying uh, Garfield comics as well. I was always, like, a massive Garfield fan, uh, drawing him from, like, a young age, a uh, huge sort of, like, Simpsons and cartoon fan, um, and always just kind of trying to replicate those sort of cartoons. That was always from a young age, though, man. And then... I kind of didn't really have any kind of like artistic direction. Like I started skating, you know, in my sort of like early teens. Um, didn't really see like art as like a career path. You know, I didn't think it was something I could like make money from. For me, that was kind of like something that was totally, you know, not even on my radar. You know, it was something that was more for like Hollywood. That was like what Disney Studios are doing and stuff like that. Nothing for like some little skate rat in in London. Uh, nothing that I could make money from. Um, and I kind of just like, it was always sort of drawing or, you know, trying to, you know, do a bit of graffiti here and there, but never any good at it. Um, and then I kind of started working on a, in a skate shop and being surrounded by like all the awesome graphics from like, you know, Todd Francis, uh, Jim Phillips stuff, you know, on, on like Santa Cruz boards and like all this stuff was so inspiring and so, you know, just give, give, gave me so much kind of like influence as well in terms of my style that kind of pushed me back into into drawing and that's kind of where my sort of new love for it sort of spawned from um, definitely out of the skate scene listening to music as well like rad album covers you know remember like the offspring logo how kind of like vibrant that was especially like the blink 182 album covers as well mark tom and travis show that was just like a feast for the eyes you know 
um that's kind of where it's born from you know listening to music in my early teens skating that that was kind of the drive and the push that kind of got me back into sort of maybe thinking oh yeah i could maybe do something as a as a professional career um but yeah that's uh, yeah heavily influenced by by that kind of thing was it always just you and your sketch pad or did you have any formal training or go to any art classes or was it purely your imagination oh god no i was never good enough for, <laughs> for art school yeah definitely not man more of a um yeah just kind of self-taught um i i mean i was, I was always pretty good at drawing like i i wouldn't say i had a i had a specific style it always lended itself to kind of animation or you know rep, you know doing sort of cartoons and stuff um, i had kind of that sort of 90s kind of vibrant styles always like lured towards those sort of colors and stuff um i did go back to college in my sort of late like late 20s because i kind of thought or oh, maybe like graphic design was the more mature approach to monetizing on art but i never really stuck with it it was a bit too kind of not corporate but you know with graphic design you kind of have to work with like a lot of brands and stuff where with art i always sort of felt that was more freedom you know so yeah i was always had always had like a sketch pad with me now it's all sort of a lot of my art's digital um you know working on the ipad and stuff i still do a lot of painting and stuff like that but it's definitely come in terms of like a big curve in terms of like the digital aspects of it which is great because you know you you can take it on the fly you could take uh, your ipad on the airplane and you know bust out a piece and by the time you landed it's, it's completed you know and you can stick that off onto onto the internet so that's uh yeah it's this it's always been kind of just a, a fun hobby that turned into something that people kind of enjoyed looking at you know yeah what uh what was that thing that made you realize that hey you might be able to either make a living or make a little money like what was that moment was it a band reaching out to you was it a print you had made like what was it that clicked in your head where it was like um, i might be able to do this not yeah the band didn't no bands reached out straight away put it that way <laughs> um, just honestly it was um <clears throat> working in that skate shop like uh we had like i remember having just like this big sticker sort of wall so we just always had stickers on it kids would come in people would come in oh yeah buy a sticker you know a few bucks here and there and when i started drawing this was like in the days when instagram had kind of just launched it was it, i remember like literally the week it became kind of popular it was that original logo as well that brown one mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that, that's how much it dates back to and um putting up my art on instagram at the time that you, you started to get quite a few views quite a few you know eyeballs on on my art and stuff not like now where you post something you get like 100 likes even though you've got like thousands of followers it, you know it's right, right. <laughs> in those days it actually worked and stuff um so like creating that art putting it on instagram people actually seeing it and going oh man i'd love this as a sticker or i'd love it as a you know pin or a t-shirt i remember like actually getting them printed as stickers and having them as like, like tangible products that i could actually stick in the skate shop and people started like throwing a few a few pounds at me just to buy the stickers and stuff and that kind of gave me the the push to go oh maybe i could take this a little bit further i had i, I had to have a little bit of self-belief that maybe this could be something you know i remember like printing my own t-shirts we had like this um sorry if i'm like diverting too much out of the question no, love it something to shut up or whatever but um back then like we had this old t-shirt press in the bottom of the uh skate shop and it weighed like 
man, like the, the weight of a small car. It took five people just to fucking lift it. It was so heavy. Um, <laughs> but I'd be like, you know, selling my T-shirts on Instagram and I'd accumulate orders over a week. And then I'd be like spending all my nights till like 3 a.m. Just like cutting out the stencils, heat pressing them onto T-shirts. I thought I was like this big operation. I had like a bag of blanks, like these old Gildan shirts. I was like folding them, putting them into little things, um, shipping them off all around the world and stuff. I thought I was like you know could it be the next uh amazon or something but <laughs> it, um, you know it, it kind of organically grew and like i said as i put more and more art on there and i was sort of um experimenting with different products it did kind of get busy did kind of like spiral quite quite significantly and i had to then kind of take my art to another level and be like well maybe i need to start looking at professional screen printers or you know better sticker companies or you know mm. maybe i need to invest in actual package packaging supplies things like that that people don't really think about that side of business you know like you always think oh yeah you know i'll make a design i'll, I'll send it somewhere you have to go and buy envelopes man like yeah <laughs> and there's cost that behind stuff. that <laughs> yeah with the business side of things it was a whole different world to me like you know obviously i worked in the skate shop and we you know we had like a small online business but this doing it yourself and relying only on yourself was very difficult. That's why I had to like wrangle in like, you know, family members. Like my kid was like packaging orders. My wife was sort of handling emails and things like that. So, um, yeah, like selling it, selling my stuff small, small bit by small bit and letting it kind of grow organically. I definitely saw the increase in uh, people noticing my artwork. And that's when I was kind of thinking when people were actually asking for product that's when i was like yeah this could actually maybe work you know and then it kind of just you know step by step leap by leap you know went on for there i mean i went from like a little shoebox of stickers to then like a whole like studio and you know it's uh yeah it's been it's been a, a few years in the making but it's um yeah it pays the bills now which is great <laughs> yeah that's awesome to hear that i mean you grew it organically. It's DIY. I love, I, I forgot about the early Instagram with that, that brown logo. And yeah. what's fascinating to me when I think about it, the early days of Instagram was basically just everybody posting their fucking cheeseburgers and dinner. So <laughs> yeah. your art probably did stick out instantly. I mean, back then, I don't recall discovering a ton of artists in the early, early days of Instagram. Now, obviously, it's amazing, but that's interesting to me. Well, yeah, you never had the um, explore page or anything, or there was no, I mean, there probably was, but there was no um, sort of big algorithm like there is now where, you know, I click on your profile and then I'll get a bunch of people that you follow sort of on my explore page. It was literally like, oh, I follow my friend and then I'll click onto his profile and see who he follows and stuff like that. It was very like, you know, you really had to work your way into it to actually follow people and stuff. And now it's like anything will just pop up on your feed. Like, but then if you posted something, you know, in the morning and then I posted something, you would see it in order. And it was so good because people, yeah. actually, you could actually scroll down to the bottom. And I remember you get a little notification saying you're done. Like you, you <laughs> on to the bottom of your feeds. So that's cool. Now I can go back to the top yeah. um, and there'd be like a fresh post and stuff. Where now it's like, it's never ending. It's just that doom scrolling. But, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's for another talk on that. <laughs> yeah, totally. The uh, the influences. So when I kind of look through your pages and look at your stuff, man, to me, it just screams like 90s nostalgia. It's so much stuff I love. I mean, it's Mario, Pokemon, Star Wars. It's all of that stuff. 
I mean, did you just kind of start doodling with your favorite things as a kid or growing up and just develop your own unique style? Because you blend these in a way that I've never seen done before. It's awesome. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's um, <clears throat> Yeah, when I first started doing it, it was more to um, kind of get back into drawing. And my daughter, my eldest daughter at the time was maybe like four years old and she was just getting into certain cartoons i think she was just starting to find simpsons as well things like that you know and uh i was watching a lot of cartoons with her a lot of movies and stuff and as kids do oh can you draw this for me and like sketching it out and she'd be coloring it in and making an absolute mess of this amazing you know masterpiece i just spent half an hour drawing um and then uh yeah i just kind of got back into you know my my sort of like loving those sort of nostalgic cartoons and stuff that i grew up on she was now kind of growing up on and i was like this is so awesome because they really are timeless you know like watching those old cartoons and stuff like stuff that i watched when i was maybe five or six or you know those saturday morning cartoons they they they, they still hold the you know hold up to these that these days standards for sure um you know so kind of that gave me a love for going back into the old cartoons that i had watched and loved as a kid going onto youtube find you know those montages like 90s opening theme tunes and stuff oh yeah a 10 minute montage of like your favorite cartoons and stuff and i just remember like making notes like oh i remember that make remember that and then going back onto google and like looking at all like the cover art for you know videos that come out and stuff like that and then things were just kind of sparking off into my head and i don't know how it happened but i was kind of like watching the simpsons i was like ah oh, simpsons and I think it was like Ninja Turtles. It was like my first, like, I guess we call it a mashup. I was like, why has that not happened yet? And I remember like Googling it and going through pages and pages. I was like, why has no one drawn this yet? And kind of just drew it. It took me ages. And then I uh, put it on Instagram. And the amount of comments I got was insane, man. Like, I remember Sticker Wrap. Um, they're a sticker company in Sweden. Shout out to those guys. They still make my stickers to this day, uh, 10 years deep. <laughs> um, and they were like, this is so sick. We'll print them for free for you. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Like, okay, great. Um, you know, I don't think people had many really seen that kind of mashup blending style before, I guess. So I think I was, I felt like I was kind of onto something that people wanted to see, not just myself. You know, I wasn't doing it for, I guess, an audience. I was always just drawing for myself and things that I would kind of, dig and 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 have fun seeing it just so happened that other people kind of dug it as well which is great <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely like a fun blend on the nostalgic and that's that, that's all it is man it's just a, such a love for all that 80s and 90s stuff and people live in that kind of bubble i think you know i still do for sure like i'm 38 years old and i still see ninja turtles toys on ebay that i'm like oh i need to get that like you know i still still go crazy on that kind of stuff and i guess that's the same with music as well like i still listen to the same stuff i did when i was like 13 years old or like a uh, an old blink song or, or a green day song will come on and that will just invoke such a memory so such like a core memory that you just you know you love it man you just listen to that shit over and over again yeah, totally. And I love how you mentioned that with your daughter, because my son is is right at the age now where he's getting into like Sonic and Ninja Turtles and Pokemon. Oh. And it's so rad. And and I'm like you, like, we'll go to the toy store <laughs> to get him stuff. And I'm like, man, I really want that fucking Charizard yeah. toy. <laughs> he gets it home and he just wants to rip up the package. And the collector in me is like, dude, you got to keep that thing in the package. You got to keep it pristine. 
It's such a fun time. If you buy pocket money, then I guess, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, come on. Uh, Creative process-wise, how does this stuff start for you? Like, is it, do you have an hour booked each day where you're going to doodle whatever comes? Is it just something that pops in your head when you're watching YouTube? How does it, how do these ideas start for you? It's, uh, it's, it's changed significantly over the years as I've gotten busier. <laughs> like back when I first started out, it was, uh, you know, sort of allocating time to draw and practice and, you know, sort of hone my sort of style. Um, and I think when I first started out, it was more very spontaneous in terms of an idea would come to me and I'd, I'd write it down or I'd sketch it or I'd have to draw it that night and get it out onto to Instagram. Back then, I mean, I guess still now a little bit, um you kind of get into that rut of like having to keep up with social media if you know what i mean like i definitely felt as i was getting a bit more popular i definitely felt that if i skipped a day people would forget about me like i i i you know weighed into the abyss and no one would know who i was anymore and i definitely felt like it was a lot of pressure to kind of keep up with it and to try and post once a day or if not every other day um so back then i was definitely drawing way more um in terms of quality (laughs) it was probably a lot less because it would just be any idea i kind of thought of oh yeah that's good enough i'll stick it on instagram but some stuff definitely didn't work as well as i thought it did um but now it's definitely a lot more uh thought process behind it um my style's definitely gone from i guess like you know the simpler idea to now more of a concept if you know what i mean uh, where people could like buy it as an art piece rather than just like a singular drawing that might work well as a sticker. Um, so my, my art style has definitely evolved. And with that, more planning has to go into it, more sort of thought process, more feeling as well. Like I listen to a lot more music just listening and sketching rather than, you know, having it on in the background because I'll listen to like a whole album or a whole playlist now and I'll just sketch random shit that comes to me and random ideas and then by the end of it i've kind of got a rough concept that you know works well and the thought process behind that is more sort of like the feelings that i got while i was just listening to that album or Mm. you know or soundtrack or whatever um whereas back then it was more just oh a fun idea or play up a play on words or a mashup that you know would be quite fun and stuff like that i mean i still do you know the odd drawing that is a, I guess a throwaway drawing, if you know what I mean. Just a fun idea gets it out there and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for, like I said, it's definitely evolved now in terms of the whole thought process behind it. Yeah. As far as tools of your craft, has that evolved as well? Is that something where it used to be pen and paper? Now you can't live without your iPad. What are you creating on? Oh yeah, definitely so much so. <laughs> the fact that I was at a um, yeah, I don't know if it, yeah, I guess it's like an art festival kind of thing. And I was with another a bunch of artists and um, we got given like these black books. Uh, people were bringing them over and it's basically people who have these black books where they um, collect different artists and graphic, uh, you know, graph artists, um, you know, sort of like tags and stuff and drawings. Mm-hmm. They go to different art fairs or, or, or conventions and they'll collect them and stuff. So we're at a table and the people were sort of bringing these books over and I was signing them and uh, the guy next to me <laughs> literally went to zoom in on the paper like, <laughs> and he was like fuck I can't believe I just did that I was like man that's like muscle memory like you know so when I first started out it was just sketching on pads when like a little you know doodle book and then I kind of sort of found digital art 
and I was like, wow, this is this takes a, a step away from what you know I thought I would have to do. You know, traditionally I'd sketch it out, then I'd like you know take a good photo or scan it in, try and digitize it somehow, or just send it off to a company. I mean, I remember when I worked in the skate shop, I was literally so just doing um pen and ink and then scanning it and sending it off to like a board printing company and they'd have to do whatever wizardry they could do to make it you know digitize it and put it onto a board whereas this whole sort of concept of making it digital myself was like wow this takes a whole step out of it um you know so now yeah ipads i mean i barely sketch on paper anymore because the ipad's just so versatile i can take it on trips with me you know it literally goes everywhere i go because I never know if I've got like 20 minutes, half an hour, I can always just be sketching on there or writing down ideas and stuff. Um, but yeah, usually it goes from iPad, then onto a computer where I sort of like touch it up or I'll add, you know, text or, or you know, finish off the concept and then it goes off to the printers. I do use a lot of paint as well onto canvas. That's more for, you know, my sort of original paintings and stuff. Um, or if a, a commission comes in and they want, like an original, uh, for example, like Mark's base. I know we're not going to touch on that just yet, um, but like that was obviously all you know, paint and you know, by hand. Uh, digital didn't really come into it. Um, but yeah, I try to keep uh, on top of all different kinds of mediums and stuff. I'm definitely not into sculpting. I've tried my best at that. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, <laughs> I'll save that for the professionals and stuff. But uh, you know, I do like I, I I make a lot of like toys and stuff, but I'll have someone do that. You know, like a sculptor create that out of like resin or 3D printing and stuff like that. And then I let I let them do their work, and I'll just come up with the concept and stuff. I think I think I definitely have a wheelhouse that I need to stick to. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like the similarities as I'm listening to you talk about this stuff, the similarities between like yourself as an artist and like a band. And the DIY aspect and, you know, starting with stickers and just growing and growing. And it, it there's a lot of similarities there. It's really interesting. And even with the digital component, like nowadays, bands are recording digitally. There's a little bit more room for error, whereas before, you know, pen and paper, if you fuck up, you better hope you've got a good eraser. You know, it, it's there's yeah. some similarities there. It's interesting. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, also like the whole time it takes to do something. I mean, I would assume that, you know, recording digitally is a lot quicker in terms of like editing process and all that kind of thing. The same with, with art. Like when I was drawing on pen and paper, like you said, you kind of, you do your sketch outline and then it's that whole hesitant, like first line with the, with the black pen, like, you know, here we go. <laughs> like, am I sure this is correct? And then yeah, I remember like making mistakes and having to retrace over it with light boxes and stuff like that, just to get it how I wanted. Whereas, with with digital art you know there is no if you make a mistake you can just you know backspace <laughs> yeah you can, uh, undo it all and it's fine you know so and then it works well for me because my particular color style um like i use a reduced palette so i tend to kind of stick to one to four colors on my art pieces rather than say you know 10 or 12. Uh, nothing wrong with that it's just that's my particular art style and with digital art i can really explore those reduced palettes and i can really see what works well um you know as simple as like a click or just like highlighting you know, a bunch of colors and changing it all at once whereas if i was painting you know i'd have to do a lot of test prints before that and then kind of be sure that i want to use those colors obviously i could go over it but the process is so long whereas now it's great because if i did a piece for someone which i you know when i work with brands and stuff 
they might want to, want something in a few different colorways. So it really lends itself to that. It's, it's definitely, I remember when it first came out, there was a lot of artists who thought it was almost like cheating or, you know, it's not traditional. And, you know, I get it at the time, but now I think a lot of those artists, they've moved into <laughs> digital and stuff. They've seen, seen the light. <laughs> yeah, they're finally like, this is not, this is pretty fucking nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that back button, it saves lives. Mm. Um, you mentioned you were a uh, self-proclaimed skate rat. I'm curious, during that time period, you know, what music were you listening to? Were you aware of Blink at the time? What were you jamming out to during those days? Well, I was, I was the skate rat. I wasn't very good at skating, definitely not. <laughs> I always wanted to be, but I was just, uh, it wasn't for lack of trying, put it that way. I was just never, I was never a good skater, but I was always like, loved it. I always, you know, I think that's the whole beauty of skating. It's so inclusive as well. You know, uh, it doesn't matter how good you are, even if you're just trying that one trick, there's someone who's nailed that trick years ago or whatever, and they're there to give you pointers and stuff. And everyone hypes you up. It's sick. I love I love the skate community. I always have. Um, but yeah, music wise, when I first started out, I think I just found Green Day. And then I remember... I'm trying to make sure I've got it in the right order, but I remember hearing a Blink song on the radio and I was like, what, what is this? What is this band? Like I'd never heard them before, you know, cause I think back then it was like, do you remember like Kazar? I don't oh, know. Yeah. Or like LimeWire and stuff. Yeah. So that's how I had to find music and stuff. Totally. <laughs> I remember hearing a Blink song on the radio and I'd never heard this band before. I'd never heard that song. You know, I remember trying to, recite it to my friends the next day it's like yeah it kind of went like this you know trying to sing it to them a terrible voice whatever um and then it became a bit more popular and i think we saw it on um you know like in the music video i can't remember what song it was now but um yeah so definitely kind of that punk rock kind of thing um my cousin was into the ramones you know so i kind of listened to a few of their songs you know i was a bit of a fan but not like a massive you know a massive Ramones fan at the time um and then it kind of like went from there so like you know hearing Blink for the first time hearing like Green Day and you know it kind of going on from there and then finding all these other other bands that are so similar as well and that kind of I guess that kind of early 2000s era you know or late 90s era um that's like golden golden <laughs> golden era for that kind of uh music um you know listening to it on um we used to have a magazine over here called kerrang uh mm-hmm. and then that i don't know if that's a worldwide magazine or not um and they had a music channel as well so you could like see the bands that you were listening to and you know you could see read about them in the, in the magazines and stuff but yeah definitely all that all that sort of stuff had such a huge influence on on me as well i remember like going out and getting my first blink 182 hoodie and stuff from from the market it's probably a probably a knockoff like a bootleg hoodie and stuff for sure but <laughs> like the, the sleeves were like this long but then like the hood doesn't fit and stuff um but yeah they, they were such huge influences on me like i remember getting the uh, Mark Tom and Travis show album. I remember calling up my um, stepdad at the time. He worked in a shop, and uh, I remember calling him about four or five times a day, being like, "Don't forget to go to the record store and pick this up for me." And in the end, he was like, "If you call one more time, I'm not getting it." <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I remember him bringing it home, and like the album cover art alone was just such like mind blowing for me. It was so much there. And I remember just like redrawing the whole thing, like you know spending hours just like trying to get it right and 
you know, drawing um, the shower, you know, the shower scene at the top of that album cover, like on my friend's bags and pencil cases and trying to get it right and drawing Mark and drawing Tom and stuff. It was so cool. Um, you know, so that that was a huge influence on me for sure, man. Like, I, I think I, I that sort of went off into then I sort of like found hip hop as well. And I'm like a big hip hop fan, you know, so I don't just exclusively listen to, you know, punk or punk rock or anything like that. Like my, my music taste now is so eclectic, um, but it's so nice to jump into old sort of like, you know, early 2000s playlists and just listen to stuff that you had long forgotten about and stuff, you know, so it's so nostalgic. Oh yeah. Yeah. I go through different phases too. And I'm all over the place. I always say on my podcast, like, I'll go from Bob Marley to death metal to hip hop to jazz. I listen to all types of shit, but pop punk, that Blink-182 sound is, that's my home. That's my home, my home base there. Um, Mark busted out, I think it was a month or two into this last tour. He comes out on stage and he is holding a beautiful bass and it's referred to as Thumbs. And I think a lot of my listeners probably quickly looked you up on Instagram and started following you. How did this come together is this something that you had asked them they discovered you it started with a dm like how does this realistically <laughs> hit your plate to start working on a bass guitar for mark Coppas? i i mean i i hopefully you might be one i mean one of the only people to say that mark coppers slid into their dms uh, <laughs> um but i no, no, keep it in your pants mark um yeah so <laughs> this is like a true true kind of full circle thing for me so obviously i touched upon you know, listen to their their album and replicating the album cover. And this also like um, solidifies what I firmly believe in, in terms of art and any kind of creative passageway. If there's any creatives listening to you, whether you're, you know, you're a musician, artist, whatever, but always just create stuff for yourself, you know, and from that, you'll organically find people who are like-minded and into the stuff that you're into, you know, like, when I first built up my Instagram following, that was just for me posting stuff that I liked, you know, not, not nothing to do with other people. I never even thought anyone would would see it. It just so happened that other people liked my style or were into it. So fast track to, you know, I'm doing a lot of like fun pieces and stuff that I'm into. And uh, I think I just started listening to Blink again. Like, I think I found a playlist. But like, oh, my God, yeah, this song. And it was like, I don't know what it was, but kind of went back and listened to like their whole sort of anthology and went back to albums that I that I'd kind of long forgotten about. Um, and I drew, wanted to redraw the Mark, Tom and Travis show album cover, but as Simpsons. <clears throat> so with all different Simpsons characters on it, Mark was Bart, uh, Tom was Milhouse, uh, Travis was Nelson. And then the whole crowd as well were all different Springfield characters. And it was literally just going to be a fun piece for myself. It wasn't going to be, didn't even know if anyone would be into it. Obviously, I know there's there's huge Blink, Blink fans out there, but, you know, are there Blink and Simpsons fans that would want to see this together? Probably not. I don't know. But when I when I started posting snippets of it, because obviously it was such a long piece to do, it's very intricate um, uh, album cover, people would start guessing it. So it would be like, you know, the corner of like Bart's head, um, but with maybe like a bit in the background and people were guessing straight away, ah, like, oh, this is Blink-22, 100%. Um, and I could see that like, people were really ramping up and really excited about it. I started getting DMs about it and stuff. So started putting more and more on there. And then eventually I, I did like the big reveal of the print and I limited it to 182 um, limited edition art prints. 
and it started getting real big traction and uh suddenly mark hoppus likes the post then mark hoppus leaves a comment it's like i want one of these and i was like fuck like this is he's actually seen my art that was just such a, a huge moment for me because although you know like i said you create art for yourself it's always awesome when someone that you have admired for so long or, or such a big fan of their work actually knows you exist that's fucking awesome you know so i was like reverted back to being like a 13 year old skate rat finding blink for the first time <laughs> i was like oh my god it's gonna be amazing yeah definitely and then he slid into my dms and was like hey man i'd love to get a print and i was like you you can have a print man of course i'm not gonna fucking charge <laughs> you for a print like <laughs> yes yeah, so send me your address i would love to send one to you um so yeah i sent him uh a print and a couple of t-shirts and stuff and um yeah the, the conversation kind of carried on a little bit from time to time i think i would post a few things on my stories he'd leave a comment in my dms or like him or like my posts and stuff um and uh eventually he um oh yeah that's right he messaged and said uh just asked about working together on something um didn't really say what it was just kind of asked about it and um he uh he was like yeah that's facetime i was like sure yeah i'll facetime mark office yeah why not but unfortunately it was just at a time he um got diagnosed with with cancer and um, so he messaged me he was like hey man bad news told me about this cancer we'll pick this up and i was like yeah of course like fucking hell do you know look after yourself like we'll chat anytime like you know i want you to be good i want you to be healthy like look after yourself um so a few months went past then I just woke up one day uh, to a text from him. And he just said, hey, man, would you be interested in uh, painting a base for me for my world tour? And uh, that is like, what a message to wake up to, man. It's like, I think my my wife was just getting out of the shower. I was like, guess who's painting a guitar for Mark Hoppers? For a <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Um, you know, I was absolutely like creaming in my jeans, man. It was like, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But um, yeah, it was such a, a cool offer from him. Um, you know, so we FaceTimed after that just to sort of get a clarification of kind of what he wanted. And he's such a lovely guy. Um, you know, he was so sort of kind on the phone as well. As I said, like, whatever you're into, I, I can put a piece together. And he was just like, I'm, I'm such a fan of your work, whatever you want. I mean, that's not a humble brag. I'm just saying, um, you know, just to hear someone that I'm such a big fan of have like, kind of a mutual uh love for what i do that is like such a nice moment for me um and yeah it couldn't have been easier man like he basically uh uh his um uh assistant or i guess his roadie um sent me the base um from fender and yeah i just got to work on it man and i just kind of went through quite a few different ideas um made a few mistakes pre-painting uh and obviously i wanted it to look good and i, I hadn't really thought about kind of what it was going to go with and in the end and in the end i kind of just you know just went wild and started listening to more and more blink and kind of came up with some fun ideas i thought he might like so i looked at other bases that he had so i wanted to do something a bit different um and that's kind of where it went from there, man. And I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't there at the time it came out for the first time. You know, I know there's like a whole kind of culture around following his bass guitars, right? Which is new to me. Um, but it was so cool because I started getting so many people reaching out 
um asking me about it uh, people wanted um like snippets of it before it even been released on the internet before even mark had seen it people wanted videos of it and stuff um which is wild i didn't realize there was such a culture behind it but you know the the community is so uh warm and welcoming and uh i think people kind of like the the design and stuff so uh yeah it was uh, very cool to see it live when i went to um so he invited me to london at the o2 to watch it and that was so cool seeing it come out man like a little tear in my eye i was like oh my god that's what i mean i was gonna ask like did you get a chance to see it live in person i mean how did that feel for you holy hell oh amazing man so he uh uh reached out and uh got me four tickets to um uh the o2 and uh yeah so me and my three friends went and um yeah just seeing it come out I didn't realize how bright it was on stage as well. Like that yellow is just fucking uh, pretty luminous, man. Um, and there's a song that they play it with. I can't remember what the song is now. Um, I'm sure you guys, would, your fans would probably know. But um, apparently that's like the the bass guitar that they play with that particular song now. Because mm-hmm. I think the lights come down and it's quite fluorescent on stage and stuff. Um, yeah, I'd have to find the name, but I'll find it. I'll, 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 I'll dig that out for you. Yeah, uh, I saw it. I'll have to look too, because yeah. he does swap his bases in and out. So now I'm curious, which song was that with that? Oh, I think uh, oh, I just gotta find it. Sorry, it's on my phone. I know it's, I shouldn't be on my phone while I'm uh, <clears throat> on the podcast and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, Brian, his roadie, he sent it to me. I can't fucking I can't find it now. I'll, I'll find a few and I'll text it to you anyway. But. Um, yeah, it's just like a particular song that the lights come down. And it's like, yeah, this is the basic play with this song now. Like, that's fucking awesome, man. Like, I couldn't. Yeah, it's such like I said, such a full circle moment for me um, just to get that that call from him. And just to know someone that I'd admire for so long was into my artworks. It's just so mind blowing, you know, and that's kind of not why you make art, but it's definitely a bonus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, when they send you that base, you answered it earlier. Did you have complete free reign? And then my other question is, was that base blank? Like, did you actually pick those colors of the body and and pick art and such and pick that out? Oh yeah, for sure. So they um so Brian uh shout shout out to Brian Diaz by the way. Um, I think he's Mark's like roadie. Like I think he handles the bases and stuff. Yeah. Um, so he uh. Yeah, asked me if I wanted it um, painted already or, you know, how I wanted it. And I was like, just give it to me raw. Um, so it was just a completely unvarnished uh, wooden fender. Um, and yeah, I had complete reign to do whatever I wanted, man. I, um, you know, got some uh, paint cans, Montana fluorescent flash, um, did a few coats of that. Uh, <laughs> had to do more than I thought because yellow is a real difficult color to to keep solid if you know what i mean like it's quite a weak pale color anyway so i did quite a few coats of that and then once i had finished doing all the graphics on it um they uh yeah he asked like if i had any notes and stuff and i was like yeah if the um uh what's it called the picard right the picard yep i'm so rubbish with music stuff (laughs) i'm not too great but i know that one (laughs) probably know yeah and they asked me what color I wanted that. So I was like, yeah, if you can do like a um, metallic pink or fluorescent pink, would be really good just to make all the other colors pop. Um, so, yeah, man, like I had complete control over it. And um, I even tried to lacquer it with like a glitter lacquer. 
but it didn't take too well and it started to kind of crack away the paint so if you ever get to see that ever see any close-up shots of the paint it looks almost like it's worn a bit but it's not it's just the lacquer is kind of dissolving the paintwork almost it's really weird um i didn't know it would it, it would do that maybe it's the 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 uh, material underneath i'm not too sure but uh, yeah they they put a proper um professional coat over it in the end so that was fine but um yeah mark seemed to be happy with it like he texted me once he'd seen it and he was super stoked which was amazing um and yeah just seeing people kind of you know loving the look of it was awesome and and also there's so many other artists he's worked with which are which are great josh ravides um burrito breath as well you know they've done some really awesome bases you know just, just to be in company with those guys is is sick so yeah i'm super stoked on it yeah dude i just did an episode that was top five mark hoppus bases of all time and i asked folks to send in their list and yours was on so many lists, dude. So in such a yeah. short amount of time, man, it has risen to the top. Like people love that base. Oh, I'm glad, I, man. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm curious uh, on the the specific little art pieces that are on it. Can you talk us through kind of what you put on there, how you created it? I see the smiley. I see the little devil. There's a couple cool little things there. Yeah, for sure, man. So um, a lot of it was like personal um, preference, but I started off with, uh, so I know Mark's like a Garfield fan. Um, so I did like a blend of Garfield and the Blink Rabbit. So that was like the first one I did. That's kind of um, right at the bottom of the base. Um, and that kind of where, that's where it sort of started. That kind of gave me room to realize like, you know, what what can I work with here? Because it's a very awkward thing to to actually paint in terms of space. It doesn't, once you get the picard on there it doesn't really allow you too much to kind of like visually uh, encompass onto it so from that and then i was like well i'm a speed racer fan anyway um and he's always had like this m on his helmet i was like well i'll do that because that's m for mark and i'll do like a double vision one because you know it kind of it evokes a bit of speed and stuff so i did like a double um speed racer kind of thing um and that was coming out. And then when when I posted it, Mark was like, I love Speed Racer. I was like, cool, I didn't even know. It was just great. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the little devil guy, I'm just a, such a big fan of the old Hot Stuff comics. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I love the tattoo community as well. And they're always <laughs> in like old tattoo splashes, uh, flashes and stuff. And I thought I'd do something cool on there. And I gave him a little tattoo that uh, says, damn it, on it. And, uh, you know, there's a few little Easter eggs in there um and that was just kind of like a, i just went like a big thing to kind of like a filler because if i go too small i kept thinking you know people looking at the base from afar and maybe in the audience might not be able to see the details so i wanted something kind of big um kind of electrified him as well uh obviously his electric base and stuff um there's another little bart simpson on there so i know mark simpson simpsons a little bit um and on the flip side which not a lot of people have seen um there's like a big sort of atom bomb uh falling down with the blink circle on it uh i did some flowers at the bottom as well just so i was kind of filling space i didn't think anyone would even see the bottom of it uh or the reverse side i just thought uh, something for mark maybe um so i kind of just like had some fillers that i just wanted to like go to town on like, those flowers are just freestyled um so that's why a few of them are a little messed up um but yeah no, it kind of turned out well even like i did some like kind of like warning um black strips on it just to kind of you know add a bit of concept to it and a little bit of the uh, black the masking tape didn't hold so the black ink kind of fell out um kind of sort of frayed out a little bit so it's a little bit um 
rigid. And I know some dude did a um, replica of the base, like hand painted one. And he even included like the little flex where the paint is like I've not like masked it well. It's incredible. Like I said, the the community behind it is insane. Um, so yeah, it was really kind of just the whole piece on itself. Oh yeah, and also underneath it says you know four mark by thumbs. Um, just a little love letter from me to him. But like I said, the whole thing was kind of just a really fun piece that just came out of nothing. You know, I was just listening to Blink albums and, you know, I might hear a lyric or or a song and something might just pop into my head. And that's kind of what I put onto the bass. It was just stuff. It's almost like from Mark to me, back to Mark again, if you know what I mean. Like mm. it was just a full kind of very therapeutic process, like not in terms of actually painting it. Some of it was a bit stressful, but <laughs> the whole <laughs> bit coming up with uh, the concept was very therapeutic. It was very natural just really random fun stuff that I thought he might dig. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that gave me goosebumps. That's awesome. I love that for you. That's <laughs> rad. What's the official color of that yellow? I got gearheads. You talk about this Blink community. A lot of them listen to this podcast or I'm friends okay. with them. What's that official color? People are going to ask. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it's fluorescent flash from Montana spray cans. Um, I will double check. I think I've got an old can over there somewhere, but... Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's fluorescent flash. That's okay. It was about four coats of that, and underneath that is just a really basic yellow that they use on like roads. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I just needed like a real solid base on it because um, it's all wood. It's quite porous. Like it's a thirsty bastard, so it will just uh, <laughs> it will just soak up the paint. But um, so I needed just a real solid core underneath it. Um, but yeah, fluorescent flash, that's the one, man. And then obviously you'd have to ask uh, Fender what that um, that color pink Picard is. Yeah. So he plays the bass, and then we get an announcement that Hi, My Name is Mark pin is coming out. You sell your own pins. You seem, you know, this seems right up your alley. How rad was that for you to have your painted bass? You see Mark Hoppus on stage with it, and it's an enamel pin. It's rad. Oh, man, so cool. Like, I didn't expect that at all, to be honest with you. Um Dylan, who uh, works with Mark, I think he handles most of the um, uh, Hi, My Name is Mark stuff, um, <clears throat> reached out and was like, yeah, we're making a pin. If that's cool, I was like, yeah, 100%, man, of course it is. And then uh, they obviously offer the artist um, a certain amount of pins as a little thank you, which is super rad of them, man. Um, so, yeah, just to have, obviously that base is gone now, Mark's got it, uh, but to have it like a little mini version with the details, the details in it are insane. Like, I, you know, how they get him on there is, is incredible. Um, signed by him as well is just really cool, man. It's just like a nice little memento, you know. My only downside is that I was I was allocated X amount, and I've got a few friends that are big Blink fans that I needed to keep uh, keep aside for them. But there's so many collectors that reached out. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. These guys are a bit more worthy than my friends, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. I love it. Well, dude, I appreciate you sharing all this stuff. Uh, this is so rad. I think I'm going to get you out of here on some rapid fire if you're okay. ready for it. Quick hitters here. Best Blink album all time. I, I'm just going to go with uh, the first one that I picked up. And it wasn't the first one I picked up was um, Mark Thomas Travis show, but obviously Enemy of the State is the non-live version of that. So I'm just going to go with Enemy of the State. Might not be the best one, but it's just the one that means the most to me. So, Okay. 
Uh, favorite Blink song all time? Um, oh, man. <laughs> Can I do like three? Uh, do top three. Let's do top three. <laughs> all right. Top three for me. Um, maybe Carousel. Uh uh what's my no uh man overboard and adam song nice it's a great list you strike me as somebody who probably collects something or has a rad hobby maybe outside of your career or maybe that is your hobby it probably is but do you have something you collect like a favorite collectible or something that you just love uh yeah i'm a sucker for old school like 80s pre-packaged toys so carded like 80s and 90s toys um not that i can afford all of them because some of them are like crazy money but there's some real niche ones that you know or like b-side characters that no one really wants anymore that kind of thing i'm a big collector of i don't have like a, i wouldn't say i have a massive collector but i'm a big fan of them you know and like i'm very niche about it so if there's a particular character that means a lot to me i'll be like yeah i'll get that and it might not be expensive because no one else really likes it but yeah that kind of thing that floats my boat i gotcha um i want to see if you can give some advice i love the advice you already gave really and this may be it where you said create for yourself and then organically people will you know listen to it or dig it or whatever and and i love that because to me when i started this podcast i essentially just started a, po a blink podcast that i wanted to listen to and then you pray to god maybe two people will <laughs> um do you have any advice for creatives uh, for the listeners who maybe are on the verge of trying to make something a career or or make that jump. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit of luck, but it's mainly down to a bit of self-belief, man. You have to sometimes just take that gamble on yourself and, you know, just make that jump into what might scare you, but could work out, you know? You just have to have a bit of self you know, self-belief and, and make that leap. It's It's daunting, it's scary, but at the end of the day, you really have to weigh up, like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, you might invest a little bit of money into something that might not work out, but, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, yeah, you, you never benefit unless you try. So, yeah, have a bit of self-belief, man. I dig it. Thumbs, let us know where to find you at. I know you've got a shop, you've got shirts, pins, stickers, like so much rad stuff. Let us know where we can find you uh, as well as your Instagram handle and such. Yeah, sure, man. So I have a website. It's uh, thumbsdesign.com or thumbsdesign.co.uk. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, thumbs1. Um, I, I am trying to get better at TikTok, but <laughs> for now, it's, uh, it's a little bit dead. But you can find me on there as well, art by thumbs. Um, but yeah, man, th uh, Instagram is mainly where I hang out. Um, if anyone's got any questions or you know, you're an artist and you, you're struggling or need a bit of advice, I'm always available to try and uh, communicate with people so just drop me a dm man it might take me a couple of days to get in touch but uh, I, I i try and read and respond to everything if i can so that's awesome yeah this was such a pleasure on my part man thanks for coming on the pod uh anything you want to leave the listeners with um yeah just keep listening to blink <laughs> hopefully you'll get another base in a few years to do for mark and then i'll have you back on and we'll chat about that one yeah you never know man that'd be that's that's uh yeah i want to do uh drums and uh, uh a guitar for tom as well that'd be cool imagine Ooh. just it's gonna tick off the whole band so <laughs> <laughs> there we go thumbs 182 all right yeah. dude really enjoyed this uh appreciate you coming on yeah thanks for having me man